love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. You have changed me for the absolute best. And yet you have embraced everything that I know and love about myself. There's not a day that goes by that you don't make me fall more in love with you. And at the same time, by doing that, you make me fall in love with myself. I'm very happy to just have a plain old boring life with you because even if we just never leave the house, if you're there, it's fun. Today's love story belongs to Karina and Alex, a couple whose theme song should really be I'll be there for you. This dynamic duo plan to get hitched in a movie theater because they have a shared love of film and TV. And the show Friends plays a starring role in their lives. This is the Canadian Love Map. Monica and Chandler, it's so great to have you in the studio. (laughs) That's us. That is us. (laughs) Listen, this is a timely episode, of course, Mm. because of Matthew Perry's passing. We were really keen to get you guys in to talk about it, partly because of the nostalgia and the sentimentality and all the love being shown for his character, Chandler. Tell me about your connection to those two. Well, I started off... Uh, as like sort of the friends fan in the household, if you will. Um, and the longer the I say the longer I watch it, the more I watch it over and over and over again. It's sort of like the comfort show sort of for me, the more sort of similarities. And also, if you put it on in the house and he's not watching it, you'll catch him laughing only at the things that Chandler says, <laughs> like out loud, like gut run, like laughing, laughing, laughing. And the longer you watch it over and over again, the more things they say, the more things that we were like, that's just something you would say. That's a joke that you would make. That's a move that you would make. I'm also very Monica in the way that like I like things a certain way. I'm very much like if I don't have the control, I tend to like spiral out a little bit. And he's very like calm and cool. Go with the flow. He just like does whatever he wants, does whatever he can to make me happy and make it easier for me. And Making jokes the entire time. Yeah, he makes everything funny. <laughs> he makes everything lighthearted. It's just like the two of them. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, Karina and Alex. I'll use your real names <laughs> now. <laughs> Tell me about how you two met. I started working at the movie theater when I was 16. It was my first job back in, oh God, that's so long ago, 2009. <laughs> um, and then three years later, he got a job there. So we were just co-workers for kind of the longest time. Just sort of, hey, you want to pick up my shift? 
And then he got promoted because he's ambitious like that. Yes. <laughs> so you were just friends at first. Yeah, for, honestly, for the longest time, that's really all it was, was yeah. co-workers, uh, you know, that person who, you know, d- took my shift that one time. It was nothing, and I don't mean no offense, but it was nothing special at the moment. We also spent a lot of time in separate positions. Like, you really focused your energy on the concessions portion. Mm-hmm. and. As soon as I was able to get out of there, I was. So we spent a lot of time sort of separate in the building. Um, But yeah, tell them uh, what you thought of me when you first met me. Tell them how scary I was. I love that she's asking the questions now. I'm just going to sit back. Go on, tell them what you wanted to tell them about how scary I was. Karina can be very scary, especially to new people. When you don't know Karina yet, she becomes very standoffish, especially with quote unquote new people to the role. So the very first time I actually ever had to interact with Karina. Was it the birthday party? It was a birthday party. <laughs> I, I ran the birthday party program for a portion of time at the movie theater. Okay. It was some busy Saturday morning and me and a couple other newbies <laughs> had to ask the birthday party coordinator for something. I can't remember what it was. And we were all like, I'm not going to talk to her. No, I, I don't want to do that. Look, look, she looks, she's already mad. You really have to become this sort of persona when you have like 40 children that you're sort of semi-responsible for. You have to make sure they get their pizza on time and their kids packs on time and their reserved seating and their parents are sort of like, what do I do? So I drew the short end of the stick and I went up and I can't remember what I asked you for, but it was something. And something about pizzas, like how many did I need or something? I don't know. But whatever it was, I was politely told uh, to go away. <laughs> so I was really busy. Okay, forget coordinator. <laughs> She's the birthday party queen. Yes. Don't don't bother the queen when she's birthday party. That, that was kind of the vibe that yeah. <laughs> transcended across the whole building. Yeah. I'm very sorry. It all worked out. So well, clearly, clearly you got over did. that first impression. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So was one of the things that brought you together uh, an interest in film and television? I think that was sort of just a coincidence that came with both of us getting that job. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like... I was super into film when I was a kid. My dad's a huge movie buff. Shout out to him. So I've kind of always had a love of like film and theater and performance. And then it was kind of just the job I got first when I turned 16. And it just sort of coincidentally sort of lined up with all these other interests in like my life. Um, It was more of just like a friend group that sort of formed within, especially a building that big. There's like a hundred staff at a time there. Well, there was in a pre-COVID world. So there's all these little like cliques and groups that sort of like pair off and like group off and stuff. And he became a part of a really big sort of popular one. I was just kind of there to, to work and get free movie tickets, but I sort of inserted myself into that group at one point. And I was on the other end of that. I, uh, you know, from the time I was a teenager, I became so infatuated with film and television that when the opportunity of working at a movie theater came up, I jumped on the chance to. uh, And yeah, as Karina was saying, it just kind of so happened that once you get involved with, you know, a hundred different people that you're working with, you know, you start finding people that have the similar interests and things. So you do eventually kind of break off and you cling to these people that make this minimum wage job so much easier to handle (laughs) so when did you start clinging to each other um how did that transition happen what a great verbiage the you were sort of the like i want to say like nucleus of that group i started kind of getting closer to a friend of ours nathan who was already part of the cool kid group we were just sort of like ended up on the same position together so we chatted a lot he's super hilarious we love him to death 
And then I was sort of like, I just went through this really bad breakup. And like, I think I'm ready to start like hanging out with someone new. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, this Nathan kid is like really sweet. And then I found out that this Nathan kid like really was a kid. He was like 18 and like about about to graduate high school. And I was like, ooh, I was like, I'm a few years older than you. I don't know if we should be like hanging out like that. <laughs> and <Next>. then, yeah, <laughs> for real. And I was messaging Alex about it. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I can't believe I thought like I had a crush on Nathan. Like, he's such so much younger than me. And like, then I found out he had a crush on someone else in the group. Very high school sort of vibes in the group. And Alex was, I was like, this is so embarrassing. No one wants to hang out with me. Like, no one has a crush on me. Like, I'm in this post-breakup sort of mess and spiral in my head. And he was like, don't be ridiculous. Like, even I would take one for the team. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> that, a that new is option has a rose. <laughs> that sounds like a Chandler kind of thing to say. It's very quippy, very witty. I was very impressed. I was immediately like, that was funny. <laughs> in, like, a funny sort of roasty kind of way. And I was like, all right, well, let's do that. <laughs> So yeah, we wow. just started kind of hanging out outside of the group and eventually he asked me the question. So. <laughs> How quickly did you figure out that you had a lot in common? Pretty Almost, quickly. I would say instantaneous. It was once we actually started like hanging out outside of work and just like talking, it was it was something that I didn't have to force myself to like, oh, what do I have to talk to this girl about? Like what, you know, what? how do yeah. I impress her? The topics what do I... just sort of came naturally. Yeah, like... it was just saying whatever, you know, came up or, hey, have you seen this before? Yeah, I thought it was really good or whatever. The It just, it just happened. And there it was, was so also easy. No, you know that like awkward fear of like, oh, if I say something like this, are they going to think that's funny or are they going to have a different opinion or like. I never have that fear because I, I know I'm funny. <laughs> But I can see how that could come for you, for sure. Okay. Oh, anyway, I, I get that. I, I always say I'm the funniest person I know. We are. I know that's a funny common people. argument. I always say I'm a hoot and a half. And he's like, maybe like three quarters of a hoot. You're not quite. But One day you'll get there, I promise. But sometimes you look at me and you go, oh, that was funny. And I'm like, I Ooh, know. I no I've been telling you all these years I'm really funny. He's just so much funnier. It's Thank very you for Chandler. That. Like Monica's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no question. But everyone forgets how funny she is because Chandler is just so funny and so quick with a joke. Okay, so when <laughs> did you discover that you both love friends? Um, I mean, the second you talk to Karina, it's probably a conversation <laughs> that's going to come up almost immediately. It is so well known that friends is one of her all-time favorite things to anyone who knows her. I don't know. We probably lasted about 10 minutes before you brought it up the first time we really started talking. Uh, and I grew up watching it with uh, my family as well. I remember even watching like the last f uh, few episodes live. So yeah. I, w I was a fan of the franchise for sure. But it was definitely, you know, wasn't something that a teenage or even young adult me really cared about anymore. I was more into more serious film and television. Drama and, critic over here. You know, all those things. Breaking Bad was so good. You know, why would I pay attention to Friends? <laughs> Funny sitcoms are good quality too. I and just it make wasn't that until that we really got together and after our, I don't know, probably 10th or 11th rewatch that I really just kind of was like, that's me. Like I'm that's watching me on that TV right like now. Like I would finish uh, Chandler's sentences and I wouldn't know what he was going to say, but I'd, I'd be like, oh, I, like that's that's what I would have said. Like that is there how I would have reacted. There was a, 
I want to say two to three year period where it was just on the TV anywhere in the house at all times. Is that period still ongoing? Or... <laughs> I haven't picked it up since the news of Matthew Perry yet. Yeah. I'm still like sort of struggling with that sort of sadness about it. So I haven't like watched it. I've been like other sitcom comfort shows to, like kind of get me through until I'm ready to do so. Mm. But yeah, there was a period of time where like if we were doing the dishes or folding laundry or just doing a full day of chores, it's just that was what was on the TV. Okay, I want to talk about what you just said, you know, comfort shows mm -hmm. and the fact that you really get to feel like you know these people. Yeah. You know, the fact that you so you and so many people felt grief, felt a lot of sadness around his unexpected death. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's talk first about what a comfort show is. I remember the first time my one of my kids said they were re-watching a series and I was like, well, that seems like a waste of time because That's there's so much well. to do in the world. <laughs> but I, uh, in a post-COVID world, as you say, I, I understand that more now. There yeah. is a sense of just comfort in, a, in a, um, an ugly world. Yeah. I think it's just comforting when you know what's going to happen when you know when the happy endings are happening and when the happy moments are happening and you can sort of prepare yourself for that. I know that there's some people that um, deal with a lot of like just regular life anxiety and they find it comforting mm -hmm. knowing what's coming next and knowing that a happy moment is coming next. And I think for me, a comfort show is just sort of like a like background buzz sort of distraction. I do a lot of like watching TV while I work because I'm not on the phone at our job at home. I'm just answering emails and live chats and like communicating with my team electronically. So I always have something on in the background just to sort of get me through. And it's like hanging out with your friends mm -hmm. while you're working. So you're able to be productive, but there's people there with you in the room, if that makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Because he's usually watching something else. Um, but there are times like last night, for example, I had to do some makeup hours and I just brought my laptop into the living room and we just watched TV together while I worked. And we just did that for like five hours straight. So what is it about the show Friends, do you think, that hit a chord, struck a chord with so many people? I think, especially with our generation, our friends tend to be closer than our family for a lot of people. And it's a big thing with millennials, I think, It's too. a huge thing with millennials. And I think all the friends share such a strong bond that we all look to you know, f towards, you know, I love my best friends very much, but even I still want to strive for the same relationship that like Ross and Chandler and Joey had. It's, they're all role models in a certain way for sure. And of course, they're all just like really funny. Uh, so it does. The most important quality. Of course. <laughs> so it just adds, I think, to <laughs> the overall just feel goodness of the show is all of these different characters coming together. You can kind of relate to some where I'll look at Chandler. I know a few friends of ours will say, well, I relate more to Ross and I find his stuff more funny and you can kind of just pick and choose and it doesn't necessarily even have to be friends. There's so many good shows out nowadays that I find a lot of our generation goes back and watches and can kind of just pinpoint certain characters and moments that they can really relate to and feel themselves on the screen. I think with friends specifically too, our generation specifically like millennial generation, we sort of got to watch them grow up. Mm. Like the mm -hmm. age that they are in the first season is like 25. Yeah. So like we have a best friend who just turned 25. So I, I always joke, I'm like, okay, so you're in your season one <laughs> and I'm about to be in my season like seven-ish, eight because Monica and Chandler, that's when they get engaged and get married and stuff. And I think that, like, 
I may be the Monica and he may be the Chandler, but I think anyone in our generation and even other generations can relate to something from all six of them. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes Ross will say something on the show and I'm like, ooh, that's kind of you. That's yeah, like that's he's like true. a 90% Chandler, but there every now and then like somebody else will say something and I go, yeah, I can see you saying that for sure. Or I can see you doing that for sure. It's just I think the helpless romantic side of Ross definitely is what like sticks to me. I think so, too. Like that, like unwavering sort of one angle, one woman (laughs) all the time, like a sort of loyalty. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And do you find yourself looking at your friends and people you meet and slotting them into Uh, one of the six? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. My best friend, uh, Evelyn. Well, I always say that she's the Rachel. I'm the Monica. And then we have another friend and I'm like, yeah, she's got to be our Phoebe then, I guess. We do it all the, all the time. It's very easy. if you, Well, when you've watched the show 20 times, you know those characters sort of inside and out. So you can recognize pretty quick who's who. <laughs> what did you love about Matthew Perry? Uh, honestly, so much. He was... Well, he just uh, listened to his autobiography, yeah. the audiobook. He mm-hmm. listened to it while he worked for a couple of nights. And things that I didn't even know as mm. the like original Friends fan, if you will, but... He just, he was just so funny and like genuine, like a very honest sort of person. And I think that is definitely probably one of the things that I've taken from Matthew Perry a lot is just how genuine of a human that he was. He was honestly so smart and so funny and he realized how many faults he had as a human and he would try to make better of those things either by just trying to improve himself or actually making a joke out of it. And I'm going to be real honest, that is probably what I do too. No one is perfect. uh, And I tend to definitely make fun of myself a lot in those aspects. And self-deprecating sort of humor can be really like uplifting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, when you look at not just Chandler Bang, but almost all of his roles, it's, that's just who he was. And even uh, listening to his audiobook, which was absolutely incredible, uh, it was all narrated by him. It was just so uplifting, even when he was telling horrific stories about how, you know, he, you know, almost uh, passed away right at the beginning of COVID. Uh, And even though he's telling these awful stories that like if, if I was to tell someone, it would be, you know, I'd be getting sympathy cards. I'm laughing. Because just the way yeah. that he delivers these lines and not about his own life, it's just he has this natural charisma that I think, I don't know if it's ever going to be duplicated, but uh, knock on wood, I know I'm personally trying my best. <laughs> so. did, did it surprise you when it was revealed to the world by him that he had suffered from this uh, extreme anxiety? Not at all. When I when it was first starting to be like, oh, yeah, that season I was like doing this or that season I was doing that. Or I was kind of like, oh, you don't when you watch the show, you don't you know what I mean? Like sometimes you can sort of tell like when you watch the show, he's just Chandler when he's on that show. There was no I didn't see any implication that like he was struggling with the job or with the like I know that in the reunion that they Mm -hmm. did on Crave, he talked about. Oh, like if I didn't get a laugh out of them, I was like, I spiraled for like the rest of the night. And I was like, but you're so like, they're so funny. Like, I just I can't picture him not getting a laugh. Yeah, he actually said, I know this because I quoted it in my book. He said, and if I I didn't get a laugh, I thought I might die. Yeah. Like he thought he would die if the audience didn't laugh because he was responsible for bringing that big oomph in 
for for humor. It's I can't imagine uh, having to go into work every week and the pressure to like make people happy and make people joyous and laugh and it sounds silly but like that's a that's a big thing like these especially the people who get chosen to come and do these like live audience mm-hmm. sort of thing like oh, what an honor that would be quite frankly but yeah it's a big thing like you don't want people to spend all that time traveling and getting to the studio and winning the contest to be in the audience and then you know sit there and have them all go that wasn't funny yeah and as the show gains in popularity yep. the stakes are higher it just grows and grows and grows yeah they, uh, he was mentioning in his book that uh, apparently season one was just so different than filming the other seasons because no one knew who they were yet. They all were right. famous. You know, the, you know, Matthew Perry especially was on a couple different TV shows, but like nothing super big. Um, he wasn't Matthew Perry. Ex- you know what I mean? Yeah. So by the time that season two rolled around, it was a totally different expectation for the studio audience, for them. Everything had to be a hit. Go, 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 go. And I guess that's where a lot of the anxiety uh, really started to tip over was even in the really early seasons. But just like Karina was saying, it's so funny to to watch those early seasons, especially knowing um, what we know of the actor now. You still find it really hard to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the later seasons, there's a couple different you know weight changes from different like rehabs yeah, visually, and things like that. Yeah, like but, there's a jump when they get engaged. Yep. Yeah. The season, the start of the season after Monica and Chandler get engaged, he's like, and I know sometimes the TV shows, like, you're like, oh, shoot, I got a haircut. I didn't have this haircut when we ended the season. And the new season picks up 10 minutes later. Continuity. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that was kind of like an unavoidable situation, I'm assuming, that them and the studio had to deal with because he gets engaged to Monica and looks one way and then they come back and it's like the same night. And he's got a completely new haircut. He's lost like 60 pounds. At that and time, he did just get back. He was uh, still actively traveling to rehab, I do believe. Yeah, so. really? which we obviously as fans, when it was live, found out shortly after. But I sort of joined watching Friends after it had all already come out. Like it was only a year and a half or so before we started hanging out mm. that I really, like I watched the finale like on a downloaded mp4 on my laptop <laughs> that i plugged into my tv like in my apartment before i even knew you like i was like falling off the couch like i got off the plane like i <laughs> yeah like it was it was a big moment and once i finished it the first time around i was like i could watch like every time i've watched friends i watch the finale i got off the plane i cry and then i go all i want to do is watch the pilot right now that, that's all i want to do is just <laughs> yeah. that is a one more time voted fan <laughs> yeah We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Okay, so you mentioned the fact that Monica and Chandler got together for the first time in the UK. They were in yep. London yes. at a wedding, yep. uh, Ross's wedding. Right, to right? Emily, yes. And so until that moment, they're just friends and they get together and nobody knows. Right. When did that happen for you? And did it happen in any sort of similar way? Actually, it's you know, I never really thought about it that Minus way. Minus but... the alcohol yeah. and the traveling to London. <laughs> it kind of did. I'm a really bad secret keeper, though. Mm. I'm different to Monica and Chandler in that way, where they said, we have to keep this a secret. 
so that we can make sure it works before we like kind of announce it to the world we're so bad at this i think we sort of both related to that because i went through a really bad breakup Mm -hmm. and then a month later you went through a really bad breakup and then i sort of like sort of tried to insert myself into this friend group at the movie theater and then yeah we just sort of decided like we're both like really reeling from this like big change in our life like both of our relationships were like quite a few years so we were like, please don't expect me to like, I don't want to be your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, like neither of us are ready for that. It was kind of an unspoken thing of like, why don't we just be to each other what we need in that moment? Whether that's hanging out, whether that's hanging out as adults, whether that's just like going to a movie together with our free tickets or just like hanging out with our group, like whatever it is, like just sort of like go with it as it feels correct. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of eventually was like, well... I not only inserted myself into the friend group, I sort of inserted <laughs> myself into his home and his life as well. I uh, I don't know how long it would have been into the the hangout phase, but we were definitely at a certain point where uh, my roommate at the time looked at me and said, hey, Alex, uh, you know, Karina lives with us, right? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? I have my like, own apartment, by the way. I live alone at this time. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, I know she's here all like, you know, five, six nights a week, but she's, she doesn't live okay, with us. It wasn't five or six nights and a week. And he's like, Alex, do you have a hair straightener? No, I I guess I don't. He's like, do you know that she has a drawer in your where where you put your? I'm like, that's ridiculous. And he showed me because I don't know how he knew, but he he showed me, and I went, oh. He's like, yeah, you have a girlfriend. Opened the bottom drawer of his dresser, and there's like a silk nightgown and like an extra Cineplex uniform in my size, and like, and Devin was like, these aren't your clothes, and Alex was like, but it's my dresser. And Devin was like, I know. And he was, was he for- saying, when does she start paying rent? I mean, I'm pretty sure that was an underlining reason for the conversation. Like should we start sending her invoices? But it's so funny because even though that we were, you know, hanging out uh, as adults. Uh, okay, this I- is a new euphemism for the Canadian love map. Hanging out as adults. Thank you. I love that. Uh, but I would never thought of you that way I never it was never it was never something that crossed my mind until my roommate had that conversation with me of like yeah you you have a girlfriend we were just doing what we were doing and like (laughs) it was a whole year like June of 2015 is when we started hanging out as adults and then it was a whole year later we have to work and I was in college at the time and he was like do I get promoted at the theater do I move on like we were just sort of fumbling our way through it and like, but we just we kept coming back. To, I know like, we, hanging we out definitely together. had a couple dates with other people where we would almost like end the date, and then like the following night we were just like eating something together, and like oh, like this was so bad, or you know, blah blah. blah. Or even you were like, you know, I think he was really handsome. I think I really liked him. Yeah, and like I, was like, I would go, go on it. a date with a guy, and he would go on a date with a girl, and then we'd hang out the next night and talk about it, and like eat food together. Like we went on like a a date debrief date with each other just at our houses. <laughs> I started to catch feelings a lot sooner than he did. Uh-huh. And I, a friend of ours, Rachel, shout out to you. Um, she, I, she said, do you want me to find out if he likes you too? And I was like, at this point, I just have to know. Cause I need to pump the brakes if he doesn't. And I was like, well, obviously he's going to. Like, she's going to come back. And this is at the movie theater. How could he not? I'm making a pizza. And she's like, let me go find out. So she leaves for a second. He's a supervisor at the time. So he's technically my boss. And she comes back and she's just like, he doesn't. He said he doesn't. He like flat out said he doesn't like you like that. And I was like, okay. I was like, never mind. Never mind. You pasted a smile on your face. I was like, yeah. (laughs) 
great. <laughs> Even with that information, like, I would be like, so do you want to hang out? And he'd be like, sure. And I'd be like, are you sure about that? <laughs> but it wasn't, uh, there was a, a certain day in June of 2016, correct? Yes, sir. Where, uh, funny enough, I was actually supposed to be hanging out with my ex-girlfriend. That's never good, Alex. I, I know. And I know this now. <laughs> I was a youngin'. She's married with two beautiful children now. She's a wonderful woman. <laughs> Do they look like Alex? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they, thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, I was supposed to be hanging out with her. And, of course, Karina stayed the night over my place. And uh, I don't know what happened to this day. I still don't know. I think it was something to do with my internet. But I did miss all of the messages uh, from my ex that morning trying to wake me up and get me going. And it was at that moment that I put my phone down for a second. And of course, this whole time, my not girlfriend was in the bed with me. Me. Uh, so I rolled over <laughs> and I just had the thought in my head and the absolute, like, I've never had this thought. And I just went, oh, I cry every time he says this. I, I could just this do like this for the rest times. of my life. Like, I looked at her. She looked so beautiful. I still remember the exact pajamas I you were wearing. I didn't, for the record. I What he didn't know while I was asleep <laughs> is that I was about to wake up with the worst throat sickness I'd ever had in my life. I swear I had strep or something. My throat was on fire. I called him sick <laughs> from my fancy office job. And I stayed home in his apartment all day. And I didn't feel the way that he thought I looked Your when he rolled must over. Have been giving you a lovely was, glow. I was doing we were still something, asleep yes. at the time. But, the but sweat I, was making me. Nice but it was glowing. like an instantaneous, like the second you woke up, I was like, "Ah, oh, she's so beautiful." And I was like, <laughs> I was like "Oh, I feel really sick." And he was like, "Ooh, okay. Um, would you like to be my girlfriend?" <laughs> it was later that day. I asked you to be my girlfriend, and I just, when I asked her to be my girlfriend on that day. There was no second guessing. There was no thinking about it really hard. I knew she was going to be my wife. And that's why I was asking. He likes to say he wasn't asking me to be his girlfriend. He was asking me to spend the rest of his life with him. And so far, I'm still telling the truth. So, <laughs> but. You haven't broken that plan yet. Not no. yet, which is good. But it was. It was so weird because, you know, I don't know what previous relationships you might have had, but in every relationship I've had ever, I was always trying really, really hard, uh, whether that was trying to be the funniest person in the room, uh, you know, trying to make myself look better, trying to, you know, eat stuff that uh, appeased other people so that, you know, uh, you know, whatever it was, I was always trying to mold myself into something that wasn't 100% me. And when I asked Karina to be my girlfriend, that wasn't in my brain. That wasn't, I knew I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I could just look at her and I knew just from like this split second, she was going to be my wife. And here we are You're all so these years later and, uh, you know, we're getting married officially next year. And I, I'm, there hasn't a day passed that I've actually regretted that choice where I've thought, oh, man, I should have tried Are harder sure to do about this. That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always knew from the moment I asked you, and I don't, I think that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. You're ruining her mascara. I know. <laughs> he tells his story any chance he gets, and it gets me every time. Because I didn't know that for so long. I thought he was just like, it's been a year. I should probably ask her. I didn't realize he had like fallen in love with me. And of course, when I did ask her, she was, are you serious? No, I literally, my answer was, are you, this isn't a joke, right? Like I was like, are you sure? I was like, you want me to be your girlfriend? Like exclusively me and you 
And he now, was like, yes. <laughs> I don't even know if you remember this, but when I did ask you, I technically asked you in a movie fashion. It was just not one of your favorite movies. I asked you to be my girlfriend the same way that Rocky Balboa proposed to Adrian in Rocky Two. Adrian. <laughs> what are you doing for the next, you know, I said 80 years because I figured we'd last a little bit longer than they did. But <laughs> obviously. <laughs> exactly. So I said, hey, what are you doing for the next uh, 80 years of your life? And you went, what? And I went, all right, I fair enough. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like popped up on DayQuil and like too much soup. And I was like, what's happening? I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And he was like, can you just give me, like say yes or no? And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And wait a sec, there was also a TV theme when you asked the next big question. Very much and so. of course, it was Friends related. Unlimited brownie points for the rest <laughs> of his life. Really? I don't know if you remember what Chandler Monica's uh, proposal is like. It's sort of he's trying to throw her off track, making her think he's not interested in marriage at all, so that when he does get down on one knee with this beautiful ring... She's not expecting it at all. That backfires on him. She tries to run back to Richard, et cetera, et cetera. When the actual moment happens, it's Monica surprising Chandler, saying, I've set up your perfect proposal. I'm going to try and do this for you, which is such an us thing for me to just, do you want to just do it for you? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it very much is, yeah. So uh, thankfully, though, this time you just pulled it off. I don't know how you managed to do that. It was perfection. It was about... Uh, Six to five months in the planning of once uh, I knew exactly the ring I wanted to buy you. Uh, one of our roommates who we were living with at the time, our best friend Evelyn. Shout uh, out to Evelyn. She helped me uh, plan the majority of it. And I was able to uh, secretly ask uh, all of our parents. Um, and I have two sets of parents for context. I have a dad, a stepmom, mm -hmm. a mom, and then a stepdad. And then he also told his parents as well in advance. And I clocked it, I just want to say. <laughs> I said it was e around Easter. We got ma uh, married. We got engaged in May. So mm -hmm. that sort of Easter weekend prior, we had been to all the houses. And I had thought to myself. Perfect timing. He was alone with all three sets of parents oh. at some point this weekend. I wonder if that's what he was doing. Sort of the week after the weekend, I was like, that's very interesting. And then nothing happened for like three <laughs> weeks. And I was like, you're imagining things. I need you to just settle down and All part of the plan. lower those expectations. I was like, you're ridiculous. And then maybe three days later, I opened the Adorador apartment and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so I had um, all of our uh, family and friends that could be there at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I had them hiding in our uh, office. And uh, <laughs> which is just what happened in the Chandler and Monica. As soon as they're all part of the they're plan. like all standing in the hallway, and Joey's like, "Can we come in? Yeah, we're dying out here." And then they all run in and they hug. And but I did have uh, our entire apartment was covered in candles, rose uh, petals, and rose petals. And uh, again, shout out to Evelyn. She came up with the idea of having all of our favorite pictures that we've had together uh, printed out, and they were actually hanging from the ceiling from balloons. So wow. it, so the whole ceiling was filled with white balloons with ribbon with a picture of us hanging from the bottom. And then I had my own aisle of candles till that led me to him. And then there was candles and rose petals and everything all over the like common area of our apartment. And his favorite movie of all time is La La Land. Excellent film. Excellent film. There's an instrumental song in that movie called Engagement Party. Yes, and then I know it. He yeah. had that song playing on a loop the whole time I walked in and he did a speech and I said yes. And when everyone came out and 
there's three different camera angles on the whole thing that we're planning on like cutting together <laughs> at some point. But yeah, he there was no detail like left unthought of. It Though, was I have to admit there was one detail that I didn't even think of or consider, and that was if that was Karina thinking she could one-up me on this very specific day. Listen, we're the kind of couple who <laughs> thinks that little treats and things is like a big way of saying, I thought of you today, I hope you're having a good day. Mm-hmm. Alex loves s'mores. S'mores flavored everything. Dairy Queen had a great promotion for a s'mores flavored milkshake, and he was Delicious. talking about it for a week. And there was just no t- opportunity to like dip out to Bear's Lake and get yourself a s'mores milkshake. I went to dinner with my friend Courtney, which I later found out was the distraction dinner so that they could set up. And I said, I'm going to surprise Alex with a s'mores milkshake. I'm going to get the biggest one I can get and I'm going to come home and I'm going to be the cutest little girlfriend he ever had. (laughs) And he's going to drink that milkshake and play his new video game and he's going to have a great evening and it's going to be amazing. And then I walked in the door, opened it to candles and music and him standing there in a suit and pictures and (laughs) balloons and rose petals. And I was like... Um, I got you a milkshake. And he was like, why don't you put that down and come over here just for one second because I have something I want to say. And I was like, it you took- got a diamond, he got a milkshake. Yeah. That seems I keep telling her, I it was the best milkshake fair. I've ever had in my life. It was because so, it, it was really unexpected. I, it was the one part of the plan I didn't anticipate. So when she did open the door, beyond it being hilarious to me that yeah. you thought you were going to be so cute. And typically, you absolutely would have. You would have won that day. But It's so funny looking back on it now. Like, I really walked up to that door. Like, <laughs> I'm winning today. Like, I'm the better partner today. I like an idiot. Life as a competition. Yeah, That's good. That's Friendly a good competition. Who loves each other more? And, you know, know what I mean? How can you go wrong? So what happened in that moment when you asked? What did you say, for instance? Oh, it was a blur. Um, it We really do. It's... I always recommend to people, if you're going to get engaged, even if it's private, set up a secret camera because you really do black out. Like I had just planned Evelyn. Her proposal was five months before. um, And I did the same thing. I set up a secret camera. And then afterwards, I was like, so how was it? And she was like, I have no idea what just happened. And I was like, it's okay. I have a video. We'll watch it later. She's like, I know that he asked and I know that I said yes. And I think that's all that's important. And I was like, you got it. All of our friends were like, so like, do you know exactly what you're going to say? And I'm like, guys, it's me. Of course I know what I'm going to say. It's fine. I don't know what I'm going to say. I have no idea. I'm going to wing the whole thing. He killed it. It it looked like he had rehearsed (laughs) it 70 times in the mirror. It was, I mean, you can hear him speaking now. He's very well-spoken, very articulate. Like, he's a wonderful, charming, charismatic sort of man. And everything, what I recall of what he said was perfect. He, I think, said something about us being best friends and... Sure. I I I believe it. pretty or something. (laughs) Because even though um, I did have something like you know bullet points planned essentially the second you open that door my mind went blank and i just all of a sudden i was down on one knee and i was like (laughs) oh did i say things i hope i didn't just get down on one knee i hope she understands what's happening (laughs) i know in the past i've said things like make sure it's important to me that you like use my full name and like remember as long as you ask the question like I will say yes you know what I mean like and he was like I asked right and I was like yeah yeah. and he was like and you said yes right and I was like yeah yeah, yeah. I think we're good I that's think why we're hugging right now right yeah yeah 
Well, the good news is you have the video on three different angles. So yes. you can go back and watch it. <laughs> we can go back and sort of relive it if we have to. Remind ourselves what we said. Yeah. <laughs> Show your grandchildren. Exactly. I think the only thing that I remember is I, there's a clip. The very ending of the video is we've he's asked. I've said yes. He's stood up. We've kissed. We've hugged. And I think there's this like blubbery moment of me going, it's so pretty. <laughs> And then all of our friends come out and I'm going, oh, my God, there's other people in the house. And then there's champagne being poured and I'm changing into a little white dress and there's a little bride headband on my head. And and all 100 percent inspired from that single episode of Friends. I remember very the dark dis- room, the candles. I remember distinctly intimacy. watching that uh, episode with you sometime in must have been like 20, I don't know, 18, 19. It was definitely pre uh, COVID-19. And I just remember thinking, yep, that's it. That's how I'm going to do it. And if you watch me watch that episode, <laughs> I am just a mess. It gets me. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I could watch it four times back to back to back, rewind and rewatch. It gets me every time. It's just so personable and so intimate and mm. so them and so us. It's so, you know what I mean? Like she's like, this is why girls don't do this. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, it's okay. I got it. Like I'm the man. I got it. And then he's like, okay, I, I can do this. I swear. You know what I mean? Like it's very. Just like fumbly and cute and like we're going to do it together instead of like one person. It's just it's it's just perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect proposal, in my opinion, in any TV and film. And the fact that I got to like sort of live it on my own is like a dream come true. So, so fun. I love uh, you. Uh, you just described you as us. So let's talk about what makes us special for you. What is it you love most about each other? Um, Kind of going back to what you said earlier about like you not having to try so hard. There's nothing difficult about life if he's, oh no, (laughs) life is very easy with him in it and he makes everything fun and light and he sort of brings me down to like a grounded level because I'm very, someone has to, I'm very like on the go and busy and I'm always stressed about something and he's very good at just reminding me that I'm good at what I do and... He just makes me feel very, like, simple. And I'm very happy to just have a plain old boring life with you because even if we just never leave the house, if you're there, it's fun. He just makes being myself really easy and really lovable. So I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> well, to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, um, I really like him. I, I like you too, which I'm glad we're clarifying this now. I'm glad. I'm glad. In case you were ever wondering, I really do like you a lot. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Honestly, the thing I love about you the most is you... I'm funnier than you, right? Not a chance. You make me the best version of me. The me who I was before I met you. I don't know that guy. I don't even like that guy anymore. Can confirm. I. You have changed me for the absolute best. And yet you have embraced everything that I know and love about myself and have heightened those things. There's not a day that goes by that you don't make me fall more in love with you. And at the same time, by doing that, you make me fall in love with myself. And that's something I don't think a single human being on this planet can ever do for me. And that's honestly the number one biggest reason why I love you is you just make me the best me. Can we get some Kleenex in here? (laughs) Why does he do this to me all the time? 
I love the open hearts, and I just, uh, I love the fact that you were willing to talk to me today and to us, because you've got a big audience listening, and I'm sure uh, some of them are crying, some of them are laughing, and that's just like a great episode of Friends. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And you will get married next spring, is that right? Next July. Next July. Yeah. And, and if, what's next after that? What's what's the future hold for you two? Um, we'd love to do um a honeymoon, um, to keep in with this sort of like film TV. Our whole wedding is sort of cinema sort of themed. We're gonna do a, a Disneyland honeymoon in California to sort of there's a lot of nerdy stuff there for <laughs> us to enjoy. There's some Marvel stuff and some Star Wars stuff, and we're big Disney people. So not to like label us as a Disney adult, but it's unfortunately true, I think. But <laughs> I think I will get the ears with the little veil on it that says bride for sure. I just I can't go on my honeymoon in Disney and not. You know what I mean? <laughs> will you promise to send us a picture of that? 100%. 100%. I'm just going to plaster our wedding website with photos of everything that's wedding related. <laughs> it's a deal. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much for coming in. Thank oh, you thank for you. having us. It was a privilege. It's to... been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.